Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host of the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Oh, it's so great to be back, Sean, at the kitchen table with all of our listeners. And today we're going to be talking about energy because energy affects everything we do. It's interesting, Sean. I keep going back to that statistic of over 50%, so 50.5% of Americans were unaware of the fact that we were energy independent under President Donald Trump. Well, now we are definitely feeling the consequences of not being energy independent under Joe Biden, uh, because that's the first thing he did um, in office was make sure that we, you know, got rid of our pipelines. He shut those down and he's been waging a war on energy ever since, which is why we thought it'd be great to have somebody on to talk about energy who knows everything about energy. And so today we're being joined by Price Futures Group Senior Market Analyst and Energy Analyst, and somebody Sean says knows the most about energy in America and the world, Phil Flynn. So Phil, we are so grateful to have you on the show. Welcome to the kitchen table. I'm excited to be here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch my table manners as I promise. You know, because sometimes <laughs> I get a little out of control. But I'm I'm really excited to be on with you guys, uh, especially now with energy prices doing what they're doing. Not not only does Phil talk about energy, but he comes to the kitchen table with a lot of energy. So I love I, I love, love that. that. Yes. <laughs> here we go. All right. Do you did, do do you want to go first, Rachel? I'll let you. Team. I'll let you go well, with the first question with. There's so much going on. We have to talk about the Nord Stream explosion and what kind of impact that's going to have, because that's definitely in the news today. But before we get there, you know, it's interesting. I was in an Uber um, the other day and the person who was driving me said that he also drives for a German um, executive. And this was in Ohio. And he mentioned that this executive was very wealthy. And he's the regular driver for this guy when this guy comes to the United States. And he said he was shocked to learn that the German executive, who was very wealthy, needed to get back to Germany because he had a big shipment of wood coming and he needed to have his wood chopped for the winter. And I thought, wow, this is like caveman times. And I guess I don't think Americans are really aware of what is happening in Europe. And I guess my question, my my question to you, first of all, could you lay out what's happening to energy prices and heat and oil and all those things that they need to survive the winter in Europe? And also, 
let me know if that is a precursor or a foreshadowing of what we're going to face here under Joe Biden's energy uh, regime. You know, the energy crisis in Europe should be a wake up call to every American. You know, and just you mentioning people really cutting down wood to stay warm through winter. You think you're going to be able to do that in New York City or Chicago? No, you're not. Right. And, and this is, you know, a culmination of, of bad energy policy that uh, we've been warning about for years. Right. And this movement towards green energy, uh, this fixation with saving the planet really is coming at the expense of common sense. I mean, when you consider the fact that Europe has, you know, made uh, climate change their first and foremost mission in life, uh, they've done it at the expense of common sense. And, and what we've seen is that they've left themselves vulnerable. Uh, they've left them uh, dependent on Russia. And, and it's one of the reasons why Russia feels pretty confident that even though they may lose militarily, they are eventually going to win the war because they really can put a stranglehold on the German economy, Europe's economy, and they can cut off their supplies and make people cut wood during winter. You know, Phil, I, I, I want to come back to the U.S. in a second, but you, you, you understand, you know, global energy and where it's at. And so obviously we've, we've heard a lot, of the, a lot of commentary in the news about how Europe is now reliant on Russian energy. And Nord Stream 1, the pipeline is the pipeline that brings energy from, you know, Russia over to Europe. They're building a second pipeline, Nord Stream 2, to get more energy into Europe. Donald Trump famously mocked the, the Germans for being too reliant on on, on Russian oil and gas, and the Germans laughed at him, and now they're you know kind of eating that laughter. But my question for you, Phil, does Europe really have any choices? Does Europe actually have any energy of their own? Do they have other places to look? I mean, can they drill? Can they frack? Is there oil reserves that they're not tapping because of their energy, their their green energy policy, or are they just really kind of a, a, a place on the earth that doesn't have a lot of energy that they, that they can go for, and they're kind of stuck relying on Russia. No, they, they, you know, in fact, quite the opposite. I mean, if you look at Europe, uh, they used to be a major energy producer, you know, especially if you look at the UK, for example, you know, BP, the North Sea, all that production had a major impact on, on, on global supplies. Uh, and at the same time, when you look at the fact that uh, Denmark had a major natural gas field that they closed and, and production, they were never as prolific as the United States has now become, but, but, but make no mistake about it, they were a major player. And they made a tactical decision to pull away from their energy production. You know, they made a tactical decision to go all in on green energy. Um, and, and, and because of that, um, they're suffering, right? And, and, and the funny thing about this, Sean, as you already know, is that this is going to have a terrible impact on the environment because now they're in an energy crisis and now they have to go back to keep the lights on burning you know more coal more dirtier fuels and so this short-sighted fixation on saving the planet um, uh, really comes at the expense of common sense but it really comes at the expense of people because people are going to get hurt from this. You know, we're talking about food shortages. We're talking about people who won't be able to afford to keep the lights on. And, and this is really the impact of, of this short-sighted religion about, about climate change, you know, and, and really um, throwing trillions of dollars at these inefficient energy sources that really 
are being paid for on the backs of the poor and the middle class. Yeah, it is definitely a war on the poor and the middle class. It is. This is an elite obsession and regular people are paying for it. I'm going to read you a tweet that I read last night before I went to bed and I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, this person wrote, China is laughing their asses off as they sell us green crap from windmills to EV batteries and lots of other junk we stupidly buy from them. But this is the same China that is building up to 90 coal-fired power plants. Do you think they really care about climate change? They don't. I mean, they don't even care about their own people, right? And, and I, you know, I, I wish I wrote that tweet. That was really good. But uh, well, it's no, also they're funding. Can I just say, don't. Phil, they're also, we're finding out that they're actually as part of their their strategy to take down America, they're funding many of our green groups who are pushing green policies because they know that green policies are going to hurt our competitiveness on the global stage and make it quicker and faster for them to become the dominant power. Rachel, you hit on the most important issue of this whole energy crisis right there because China understands that oil and gas is a strategic asset. It, 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 it comes down to national security. It comes down to economic strength. You know, and at the end of the day, those are the two things that win wars or lose wars, right? And, yeah. and, and, and I don't even think it's just China. I think Vladimir Putin did the same thing with Europe, basically selling the, oh yeah, we want green energy. And yeah, during the transition, you can close all your natural gas fields and we'll take care of you. We've got oil and gas here and we'll get you <laughs> through the transition. How's that working for him, right? You know, right. now, you know, you're finding that Europe is facing the energy weapon, a weapon that hasn't been used really since the um, Arab oil embargo, which we should have learned that energy is a strategic uh, weapon. Um, you know, and, and now the United States is, you know, uh, like the Pied Piper following Europe into the depths of, of this madness. And, and this is madness. It really is. I mean, any energy expert in the world that's worth this salt realizes that this green energy transition is impossible. Not the way that they're selling this, right? Not without a lot of pain, not a lot economically and geopolitical risk. And, and you, if you look at the ties of green energy to China, it's amazing. They control, you know, the, the rare earth minerals that make yeah. these things. We, they, they control the solar panels. They control the, the wind turbines, you know, and, 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 and they're laughing all the way to the bank. And, and at the same time, then they're claiming, well, you know, we're kind of a third world country. So because, you know, the United States has been polluting for years, we get to pollute for, you know, another decade. So all these green energy policies are going to have no impact uh, at all uh, on the environment or the climate. So this is just a money grab by these companies uh, from China. It's, it's, it's a power grab. And um, the people who don't get off this uh, green energy madness are going to be the ones that are going to be on the wrong side of history. I think that's, that's so smart, Phil. And I, I, I kind of think is the, the, the Chinese are saying, listen, keep your energy in the ground until we take you over America. And then we're going to come as China and go get your American energy resources yeah. and use it for our benefit. Yeah. So hold them for us until we get you. Absolutely. And that, that's a great point. And I just want to say real quickly, I think that's what Saudi Arabia is doing to the U.S. right now when it comes to the strategic petroleum reserve, right? They're basically, you know, and I don't know if this didn't really go reported. When we started selling our oil reserve to Europe, 
Saudi Arabia raised their prices. And you know why they did that? So Europe would buy all these strategic petroleum reserves. That's what they did. So instead of buying as much oil from Saudi Arabia, they bought our reserve. Why are they doing that? Because now our reserve is empty. It's the lowest level since 84. Now Saudi Arabia and OPEC has greater impact over prices and the United States. And as that, are, that, that, are that people is, stupid? I mean, I just, I'm listening to this and I'm going, are we stupid or is, is there, you talk about the Chinese making money, but are, are other elites making money too? Are they in on it too? Because I can't understand if you love this country, why you would put us in this position. Rachel, I, I agree with you. You know, I mean, we hear, you know, we hear the term big oil. I never hear the term big green, right? Who, who is big green? Who's getting these trillions of dollars from all these government programs to build these wind turbines and, and these solar panels? I hate to say it, you know, a lot of it's going to China, right? I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about the ties between the Biden administration and China and oil companies and all that kind of stuff. But, but we're seeing trillions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer dollars going to fund this. So it's evil. And, and you ask, you know, are they stupid? They're either stupid or they don't care. You know, or, you know, they believe essentially that when it comes to this green energy movement, that the only way to go green uh, is to bankrupt, you know, all the people and bank bankrupt fossil fuels and make them too expensive for anybody. So they're either stupid or, or this is a master plan really to take over the, the world and, and, and sink the global economy. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. So, so Phil, would you do me a favor? Would you, because we all hear, we all watch the news, but none of us look at energy like you do. And so obviously we, we have fracking, we have oil wells, we have pipelines, we have refining, we have taxes, state, local, and federal, all coming into play, you know, for, for America in our energy industry. Will you talk to me just about kind of what Joe Biden has able has been able to do to put different pressure on oil and gas that has impacted our supply, which then has impacted the price of oil that we pay at the pump and the oil that we pay to heat our homes and for electricity that we use, whether it's to turn our lights on for or for greenies to charge their Teslas. What's happening in the market policy-wise that are that's affecting America's ability to produce and refine and get energy to the end the end consumer like us i mean he's weaponized the government you know against energy right he's demonized u.s oil and gas production you know he has a treasury secretary uh janet yellen who openly you know uh 
told international investors to stop investing in fossil fuels. Um, he's turned the Security and Exchange Commission on publicly traded companies to to force them to reduce their carbon footprint or be fined, you know, by the government. Um, he has paid opposition groups to sue oil and gas companies. Um, and and that's, that's just behind the scenes. We didn't even get into the open, uh, you know, uh, disparaging of oil and gas companies, accusing them of war profiteering. But it's really, you know, killing the Keystone Pipeline. Um, when you talk about banning drilling on federal lands, you know, he's not telling the world that America is open for business for energy production. He's saying it's a huge risk to invest in oil and gas in the United States because you don't know what the government's going to do tomorrow. They could kill your pipeline. They could cancel your project. They could delay your, your permitting processes. All of these things conspire to make the U.S. more dependent on places like OPEC and Russia and China, you know, for alternative energies. So, you know, the, and, and the thing is, you know, if they could give us a clear plan, like that electric cars could replace, you know, other cars, and it wouldn't have a negative impact on the environment, and it was a realistic thing to do, you know, maybe we could get on board, but they have no plan, Sean, there's no plan. You know, it's like, hey, let's kill fossil fuels, let's get electric cars, let's not think about how what it's going to take to to charge these cars or the rare earth minerals to build them and what are we going to do with the the battery waste and what are we going to do with the 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 strip mining of the world you know they don't think these things through they have no plan they want to throw money at stuff that they like and and all their uh their their the people that invest in their campaigns they want to they want to do these pet projects but at the end of the day it's not going to save the environment it's bad for the economy and it's going to make the United States a more dangerous place to live in a very scary world. So let's go back to Europe for a second here. So this Nord Stream 2 pipeline mm -hmm. was sabotaged. Um, the, the, they believe they heard what sounds like, you know, underground explosions that sound like bombs that, you know, obviously damaged this. And so the question is, who who did it? Um, I don't right. understand enough about what what's going on there. Some people are saying it was, you know, the Russians. The other people are saying it's the United States. I do know that Joe Biden promised to put an end to Nord Stream 2 back in February. He's on, he's on tape saying that. He, he was in an interview and they asked him about it. He said, we're going to put an end to it. And they asked him how. And he said one way or another. And so obviously now that this, you know, Nord Stream 2 is blown up, you know, people are wondering, is, is this Joe Biden, um, you know, making good on his promise? Uh, what do you think? What, what makes sense yeah. to you in terms of who did this? You know, I want to tell you, Rachel, I, I love talking about this, uh, but I don't know. But I, I love because I look good in a tinfoil hat, right? So I like to wear that hat, right? We're hearing a lot of different, right, exactly. I mean, you know, first of all, you got to think who benefits by taking out this pipeline? Obviously, it is, it is not Europe, right? Because they need supplies desperately, right? So the likelihood that they had anything to do with it is, is, is pretty small. Then you have to think what are what would if it were the Russians, which would be the next uh, obvious uh, suspect, uh, why would the Russians be doing this? 
The only reason Russia would be doing this is to send a signal to Europe don't mess with me. I'm serious. We're going to cut off your supply. You're going to be in big trouble. Um, I mean, we can we can we can get rid of Nord Stream one, which is actually funny because I said people should know that Nord Stream two is not actually it's not actually delivering right now. Yeah, the- correct. And the other oh. one was shut down for maintenance as well. So yeah. So I mean, from a supply viewpoint, short term, it didn't impact it much. And there was a, a pipe that was just inaugurated yesterday. Correct. Between- correct explain that and and maybe that is the signal okay let's so explain yeah. that and well what 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 Europe is doing is you're trying to get another pipeline around Denmark to to um, circumvent supplies from Russia right and so one one theory is is that all right you're going to open that pipeline well we're going to cut off this pipeline and that pipeline isn't going to be enough to get you off a of Russian supply so that that is one of these theories right now um and um you know uh, and and, and that all of those seem to make sense, right? And and th- apparently this but was like the an other, utter- well, the, the other, other theory, theory is that, that the United that the United States, you know, somebody from the United States or one of their entities did it to keep Europe united against Russia, right? You know, so the, the coalition, more. right, right before winter, keep the coalition together. You had the head of the ECB come out and say, you know, that they're not going to stand by and allow their infrastructure. So in, in another word, to keep the, uh, the European Union uh, and everybody on board to stand tall against Russia in the war in Ukraine. Uh, and that makes sense, too, right? Because the coalition yeah. is, is crumbling. You know, they were talking about putting in a price cap on energy that's falling apart. Uh, they were talking about a total ban on Russian supply that's falling apart. Right. So they're showing some cracks in the armor here, you know, and, you know, uh, if, if this, you know, tin hat theory is correct, then the U.S. would do this in an attempt to keep everybody united. You know, Phil, I, I look at this and I'm it's 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 important to look at Europe as Americans because we go, this is what you have in store for you if you implement these policies. You too might be out if you can go chopping down trees and you know trying to put a gas stove or, or a wood stove in your home so you can, you know, heat uh your home and stay warm in the winter. We were just over in in Spain, Rachel and I were, and I obviously they sell their gas in liters. So I did the calculation. It was like six dollars and eighty cents a gallon in I Europe. Know. No wonder they drive these yeah. small cars. Right. And right. this is what we have in store for us if we continue down these paths. Yeah. I want to, Rachel. I keep going. We we'll keep going back between Europe and the U.S. But I look at the U.S. and Rachel uh, for Fox and Friends did a segment. She went out to a, a, a drilling platform out in the Gulf of Mexico. I don't know, Rachel. It was billions it was of dollars to invest in this massive platform, and. The, the company that, that, that built the platform says, listen, it's going to be 10, 15 years before this platform makes any money. So they need stability with financing. They need stability in pricing to make these kind of massive investments that take a decade plus to pay off. And so w- when we look at the, at, at, at the U.S., and you mentioned you know, Joe Biden going after finance, going after banks. Um, when you have the squad and others saying, listen, if you and, and, and the SEC specifically saying, if you invest in oil and gas, if you lend to oil and gas, we're going to go after you. They're smart. If you can cut off capital to, to American energy and gas companies so they can't explore, they can't build, you can cripple the industry as a whole. And so they're not even, they don't have to say, we're going to cut off, we're going to cut off leases on federal lands. They can say, we can just go after the biggest banks in America to say, don't lend to them. 
And if you don't get if you don't get capital flowing to big oil and big gas, they can't do these projects, and they in essence can't explore. So they're actually winning by going, you know, partnering with their left left little wokey CEOs in banks to to shut down investment in the space that we actually need to make our economy run and our people be able to live um, affordably. Yeah, absolutely right. And and that's happening. In fact, I have personal knowledge of of some of my clients uh, that their banks pulled their accounts in not because of anything they did, but because they're trying to lower their carbon footprint. Right. Um, and and you're in and, and you mentioned Europe. I always say in Europe, they have to sell them in liters because they can't afford to buy them in gallons. It's made it's out of control. right? <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, and we are following that that same path. Um, and, and it absolutely you're absolutely right. And when we look at the the assault on on fossil fuels, it, it's 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 right in your face. And, 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 and it's it's subversive of wealth from this administration. They're going after the money, you know, and because of that, you know, the new oil discoveries, which is something you have to keep looking for because there's a decline rate on production, uh, are at the lowest level since the 1980s. Why is that? Because people in the Biden administration are saying, don't spend money to look for oil because we're going to either make it too expensive, we're going to outlaw it, and, and we're going to make your life a, a, you know, a, a very difficult going forward. So you are seeing billions, if not trillions of dollars of investment that should be going in the fossil fuels being diverted into other things. That's leaving the world short of oil. That means we're going to see a substantial shortage of oil in the near future. And, and when that happens, there's going to be a huge wake up call. And, and, you know, I hope to God, you know, what we're seeing in Europe is enough of a wake up call. But, you know, I, I hear people at the UN doubling down on against fossil fuels, you know, and it's like, what is it going to take for people to wake up? And if this isn't it, I don't know what it'll take. Yeah, you know, it's, I think what you're getting at is the real impact. So, so you talk about leases and and, you know, you know, investments and that can feel really, you know, far off for the average person. But right now, 20 million Americans are already behind in their utility bills and Europeans are chopping wood and wondering how they're going to keep their homes warm. And this is going to impoverish people because oil and gas um, and, and, and that that sort of input into manufacturing affects the price of everything. So I want, before we, we have you go, I'd like for you to give us a little more clarity. When you say, assuming nothing changes, because I think you're right. I don't see anything from the UN to the Biden administration. We got, you know, two and a half more years of this stuff. Um, if, if the policies don't change, what will happen to our economy? What will happen to the, to the you know, quality of life um, for the average, you know, middle class to poor American, what will be the impact on this country? You know, I, I give Americans, I mean, you know, I can give you a long term outlook, but I can tell you it's happening now. Right, Rachel? Right. I mean, look at what's happening. Our interest rates are going through the roof. Uh, you know, people can't afford to pay their energy bills. It's only going to get worse in the future. And what we're seeing right now is that the cost of energy is costing the economy growth, right? You, you, the, yes. And a lot of the, the inflation 
has been caused by the bad energy policy in Europe, right? And I mean, you know, and and listen, energy, you know, Europe was having energy problems before the war in Ukraine. So this isn't about the war in Ukraine. I mean, this may have, you know, sh- you know, proved to the world that the emperor has no clothes, but they were having shortage problems before this this all happened. And 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 what it means is that the quality of the average human being is going to go down, right? You know, because energy is everything. It keeps you warm at night, right? It gets you to your job, you know, and, and if you take that away from people, you're really taking away their human rights. So this green energy movement, they say they want to save the planet. And they're saying that climate change has had a negative impact on, you know, the poor and the middle class. And, and I would argue the opposite. I would say exactly. the war against fossil fuels has done more to hurt the poor and middle class than climate change ever has and probably ever will. Wow. Bill, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And I hope that Americans wake up and say, you know what, it is important that we have cheap, affordable energy that's, that's produced here. It's American made as opposed to outsourcing uh, our reliance on places like China, as you mentioned earlier on, that, that makes that, that make the windmills, that make the they yeah. make the 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 turbines. And, um, and I agree with you. And, you know, I, I think the Biden administration and, and the Democratic Party as a whole needs to stop demonizing the U.S. energy company because they have to step back and look at all the benefits that the U.S. energy has done for our economy. For, for jobs, for, for, for manufacturing. You might not even work in the energy sector, but, but sustainable low energy prices is one of the reasons why the United States economy thrived. You know, instead of bashing energy companies, let's thank them for all the risks that they've taken to help the U.S. economy. Wait right there. We're going to have more of that conversation next. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I think what's scary is that if you were to go to any high school, junior high school, even college, those students would tell you, they could give you a litany of all the abuses, uh, you know, and the bad things um, from big oil and, and the climate and what, what it's done to the climate. I bet they cannot tell you any um, of the good things that have come in life and probably all the things they're enjoying in life um, that have been the result of of energy and low energy costs um, yeah. and how that's improved their lifestyle. So it's you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. It's it's miseducation. It reminds me of yes. the story real quick. My little twin niece, she's probably 32 or 33, but when she was four, there was a story about climate change that the um, polar bears were going to be extinct, right? That was the big thing, right? She was a little kid and she was in tears saying, Uncle Phil, the polar bears are going because of climate change. I go, dear, the, the, the polar bears aren't going anywhere. But seriously, this is what these kids were yes. you know, fed into their heads at a young age. And, and that's why I think you have all these people today that don't really understand the benefits of energy. Yeah. Well, that's our job to teach it and to, and to spread that word. But I think we're all going to get the lesson of energy this winter as we see what Europe goes through as our own uh, elderly on fixed incomes, um, our poor and our working class are going to really be hurting this winter. And maybe we'll all wake up. That's, that's, that's the, 
That's the hope, of course. And Phil, we, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome. Um, no one knows more than you. We have to get you on Fox and Friends um, soon because this kind of conversation needs to be had um, um, at all levels. I'd love to. I'd love. I'd love to get up early, so that works out well for me. So. Uh, <laughs> Phil Flynn. Phil Flynn. I always, I always, I always so smart. I always insightful, and I'm grateful. I get that. I don't get to read it every morning, but about three times a week, I, I sit down and read your your uh, morning email that you send out on energy, and it's always so smart. Always so insightful, and just common sense. How can sense, people Phil. get I mean, that, Phil? How can other people get that? Energy? Oh, they, they, they can just you know they shoot me an email at me at pflynnatpricegroup.com. Uh, send it out. It does get picked up by a lot of places, but feel free. And, you know, the fun thing about it, too, is uh, I, when I send it out, I always encourage people to correct the grammar and send it back to me. So that's always fun to do, too. So even if you don't like energy and you like grammar, you can have fun with it. So we you're, all you're love made it. after my own heart. <laughs> energy, and, and we especially love on this podcast, American energy. So, Phil, um, thanks for joining us at the kitchen table. We'll have to have thanks. you back. Thanks for having me. It's a real blast. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. John, you suggested bringing Phil on for, to the podcast and you delivered. I mean, that guy knows everything about energy. Um, I'm actually, I didn't know you were getting his report until you, you yeah. mentioned, I, I got to sign up for the report um, because I think so, this is probably one of the most important topics in America yes. right now. So Rachel, oh. I, I listen to Phil and, and you're right. He, he is, he is so smart, so insightful. And, and again, he gets the global play on, on energy and what's happening and what little what little market moves happen in what region, specifically America, and how it's impacting uh, end users' price on on energy. And again, it's this is this touches every single person in America in a profound way. And having people who are this smart to study it, um, I think, are so useful as we try to figure out what is the right move forward. How do we go forward with with all of the politics and all of the energy to get a course that's going to give us affordable energy. Yeah, I think I think what it's great that he's studying it. And I think it's really imperative for people like you and I and others who have a platform to really get his message out because it is amazing. It's astounding the kind of money that, as he calls it, big green. And I'm going to steal that because that's exactly what it is. Big green is not concerned um, with with the you know environment, I mean, I, I'd love to see what Big Green has to say about a bunch of methane gas being you know released into the Baltic Sea today. I haven't heard much from Big Green on that, um, but they sure are in your kids' schools. They sure are spreading their climate alarmism um, to young people who have bought it hook, line, and sinker. Many of them now say they don't want to have kids because of the climate and the world's going to end and the polar bears are going to die, which they haven't. And all the kind of the fear factor that they've imposed with the money that they have. Um, and again, I think it's interesting how he points out how it's not just the Chinese making money. There are lots of elites that are tied into these, you know, turbine, wind turbines and, 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 and batteries and all the sort of um, business deals that go around making um, green energy um, viable and all the lobbying that goes on to, 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 uh, in governments. And so there's a lot of money to be made, Sean. And I think it's good that we're putting them on. I hope we can find more platforms for somebody like Phil, who truly understands the implications um, of this green energy, I think, hoax. You know, R Rachel, I look at this and I'm like, I I'm, I'm so happy you brought up the polar bears. I forgot about that. Right? <laughs> we have, we, we, we have all of these, you know, horrible things that are going to happen because of global warming predictions that are always made. 
And when do we ever go back and go, hey, listen, if we're going to listen to you about future predictions, maybe we should look at what your prior predictions have been and how successful you have been about predict- predicting our future with regard to climate change. They're always wrong. And for listen, you and I, I listen, I, we, love, we love Wisconsin. I love clean water. I love clean lakes. I want to do things cleanly. But that doesn't mean you have to change American energy policy um, to, to go electric, which is not clean, which we, we, there's a whole conversation about what happens about you know, with, with regard to this clean energy push and how dirty it actually is. Oh, God. Back, it's not just dirty, Sean. It's humanitarian. I mean, they use child slave labor in Africa, little African boys and girls to mine so many of the minerals that they need for these things. I mean, it's not just environmentally, um, uh, you know, bad. But it, it has humanitarian, even slave labor associated with it. I mean, I'm so sick of the, the posturing and the fake compassion of, you know, from the climate change people. We ought to do a better job, Sean, on, on our side, on the American energy side, on the common sense side of explaining to, to especially our young people the benefits to their lifestyle, to their, to their, to their well-being. Of, and, of plastics and all these things that have have you know uh, oil and inputs into them. Our, everything, everything we touch, whether it's our the, the phones that we're using, to the charging cords, everything to the TVs, to car, I mean, everything has oil and gas in it. Yeah. And you know, I look at it and go again. I've said this, and I'll say it again: that if some of the biggest promoters of this transition to green energy are the biggest users of fossil yeah. fuels. Bill, Bill Gates, you know, flying around on his private jets and John Kerry on his private jets. I mean, the hypocrisy, if you truly believe that the world is going to end because of carbon emissions, you would stop using carbon. You truly would. But these guys, they don't stop using carbon. They want you to stop using carbon. They want to drive up the price of carbon so you can't use it, but they're billionaires and you know what, they can afford it, so they'll continue to fly their private planes. They don't give a damn, right? Yeah. They're, they they're, don't care. They're the biggest hypocrites. They don't care about that little retiree, you know, somewhere in Wisconsin or Iowa or Idaho, um, who's on a fixed income, whose grocery bills just, you know, skyrocketed, um, who can't afford to put gas in the car to go get her medication. I mean, these are real life issues that people are dealing with, and these elites don't care. And I think Phil um, is is somebody who um, has a lot of credibility. We ought to we ought to put him on again. Um, and I want to thank you, Sean, for for bringing him to my attention and getting me on his newsletter because um, I think it's really important to know what's going on. We'll keep our eye on what's going on in Europe, Sean, um, because I think what what happens this winter we should be highlighting that. A lot of times Americans don't get that news the way they should. Um, we need to let everyone know that even the rich are chopping wood right now. They're worried about how to heat their homes in Europe. Imagine how the poor are doing. Um, this is absolutely um, outrageous. And so as we close out, can I just make one point? Sure. So I, when I get to pick a podcast topic, we get to bring in Phil Flynn and talk about energy prices. When Rachel picks topics, I have to do three topics on the Royals and Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> the issues that really matter, Rachel picks on, on the Royals. Can I connect right, go ahead. Really quick before we go? Can I connect yes. the Royals to this topic? Because our own daughter just wrote an article that you can find on the Federalist. It just came out. You can also uh, find her on Twitter, um, Evita Duffy. Um, she just wrote an article about how. King Charles is going to have to make a decision because he's a big 
climate change. He's all in on the WF and the and the Great Reset and all these policies that are impoverishing Europeans right now and Brits in particular. And so she wrote an article basically saying he's going to have to make a decision, um, you know, before his coronation to go. Who is he loyal to? Is he loyal to these elites who are impoverishing his people, making life more difficult in England and Europe in general? Or is he going to be on the side of his subjects, of his people, and and reject these policies that are clearly so bad um, for for people's pocketbooks uh, and are making them so interesting? I tied the royal family. To oil and gas. They are all tied together. So there you go. I love it. Check out our knowledge article on The Federalist today. Really, really well done making that connection. Listen, everyone, I, I want to thank Phil Flynn for joining us. Always smart. Uh, uh, always great insight. And thank you for joining us around our kitchen table. Um, until tomorrow, where we have another one, our second in the day, we're just, uh, you and I, going to go head to head and chat about the issues that matter. But if you like our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe uh, to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We would appreciate it. And uh, until tomorrow... Uh, we'll see you around the kitchen table. Bye, everybody. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.